right. So today, what I'd like to do is meditations that are designed as observation meditations. What I mean by that is that if you forget about why we're meditating, if you look at each meditation from its most fundamental activity that is observation and generally what we're observing is the experience of the present moment although if we're observing the mind the mind might be going through the past for example uh, and we're, so we're observing the mind in the present moment going through the past and this observation this witnessing our experience is fundamental to everything so let's say we are counting the breaths we're observing the mind counting the breaths and we're observing the breaths let's say we are following the breath we're observing the breath and we're aware that we're aware of the breath so this is where it gets a little bit um, difficult to explain so there's not just the act of observation itself but the there's the awareness that i am observing let me explain let's say i walk along the road like i did this morning when i was doing my walking meditation which i transmitted through the wonder of the 60 second videos which you'll pick up on social media i, I think i'll put collect those and put them on youtube as well and so as i'm walking along i'm following the breath so there i am i'm you know my mind is might be wandering and there's things happening around me in the street but so let's say i've chosen to notice the breath as i'm walking along then that's a wonderful thing i'm aware of the breath mind wanders come back to the breath and repeat and of course what we're doing is we're training ourselves to notice that our minds wandered uh, so that we can choose whether that's what we want to do whether we want to be in mind wandery place or we want to bring our attention to now or we want to focus our minds on something else that's the key to it all but as well as that in the act of, of observing the breath am i acting as though am i behaving as though I am the witness of the breath. So that we can't see what it is that's perceiving the breath. So there's no way of 
looking inwards at this witness of the breath to perceive it. Trying to do that is a useful practice. So, you know, we're sitting here and we're noticing the breath. We can turn inwards and have a little explore, a little attempt to discover the awareness. And what we'll discover is we can't observe that. Uh, now, the, the way that I like to explain this now is, is there's such a thing as um, augmented reality. And what augmented reality does, let's say you've got an iPhone. Let's say you've got an iPhone and you download an app called AR Dragon. Right, and you tap to play it, and you, you get to choose your dragon. Um, so in the when you first open the app, you can look around you and you can look for your dragon, and then you can summon your dragon, and you can do that just by pressing a button. Okay. All right, it's all got silly game stuff. I suppose it is a game. There we go. And so what I have to do is I have to look around to see if I can see the dragon. Ah, there we go. And the dragon is up there, like so. Right. So I can I can only there we go. And we need to move away to see it because, interestingly, the dragon has been positioned by the software where my head is. So that's probably a little bit of a bug there. And so looking through the phone, I see the room and there's the image of the dragon there. And and that's that's been placed there by the software um you, you have to try it yourself i can show you on saturday when i run a class and so what i'm going to do is use that as an example so here i am perceiving my experience without augmented reality and as so as I look around, I see the bell, I see the glass, I see the mobile phone and so on. If I, if I have a cultural perspective, all of these things then have meaning. So, you know, that's a cheap glass. It's a Fuller's London pride glass. It's only water, by the way. And there's the bell, and the bell is nice. We all like the bell. And there's a mobile phone, and that's relatively modern. So that's a wonderful thing. You notice what's happening. What's happening is those things that I perceive, there's an extra filter, and that filter is adding something to them. In the same way that when I turn on the Dragon app, 
I'm looking through the camera so I can still see the room. Uh, but lo and behold, when I look through the um, mobile and through its camera, they've added the dragon to it. Okay, so here's, here's the metaphor. I am the observer. The room is the room. The augmented reality is our cultural filter. And our cultural filter brings meaning to everything. So, you know, good bell, bad bell, expensive glass, cheap glass, modern iPhone, old iPhone, etc., etc. And this augmented reality, this reality that's augmented by our cultural filter, which we've adopted, we then project. This is a word that's used in uh, psychology and by counsellors and coaches and trainers. What we're doing is we're projecting the value and meaning of whatever it is onto our environment. And that changes it. Mindfulness is when we stop looking through the augmented reality. Witness consciousness is when I'm aware that I'm not looking through the augmented reality. And also when I'm aware that I am. And I've learned the difference. And I learned that difference not through any smart thinking, but merely through observation. If we practice enough, we witness our experience, we look around us, we become increasingly more sensitive to an emotional response that we have to anything. doesn't matter what it is. So this is the thing. I, I think I mentioned this on Thursday and what's our Saturday it, to somebody. It was, it was either the group or to somebody in the class that meditation doesn't confer an immunity to perceiving our experience colored by our culture and value system and so on. What it does is it creates a threshold of sensitivity so that when we notice there's an intense emotional or cognitive response to something, so we experience something and there's an emotion, we notice that. And the emotion is the result of the good, bad, right, wrong, fair, unfair, old, new, valuable, not valuable, etc., etc. And this whole process is done through a process of observation. And then we're closer, not just to mindfulness, but we're closer to living life 
with the awareness of the difference between mindfulness and the experience with our cultural filter on and with our personal like, dislike, good, bad, fair, unfair. And this is really, I think, what they're trying to say when they say that if there's a definition of mindfulness, which is that it's noticing our present moment experience without judgment. But I don't think they do a very good job of explaining that because one word doesn't do it. And I'm hoping that this particular explanation and these meditations will help. So, if you, this is one of the reasons the bell works. No cultural filter. If that, if instead of this sort of bell, I had used a, um, a town crier's bell, or I had sounded uh, a set of bells like you get in a church, your mind would have associated that. But because this, these bells are from the east, and we're from the west, there isn't a cultural association. So what happens is we look through the filter, the cultural filter, we just notice this sound and we notice it's moving through time and we notice we're here so we can do that now if you'd just like to get yourselves comfortable begin by checking in with our physiology and adopting an open balanced and relaxed posture with the head balanced comfortably on top of the spine and the elbows by the side pulling the shoulders down comfortably And we become aware of the breath rising and falling. And we observe the breath moving through time. 
rising, belly falling. Any tension arises. Allow yourself to release it on the out breath, just by extending the out breath. By making the out breath audible. belly falling So what we're going to do now is a little exercise in observing the cultural filters. And to do this, ideally, you need a shiny object. If you don't have a shiny object, any object will do. Uh, so it does, doesn't matter what it is. So I've got a glass or a bowl here. I can use either of those. And I've chosen to use the bowl. And so the bowl is on the desk in front of me. But as long as the shiny object is somewhere around about 45 degrees down from the center line of looking in front of you, then that's fine. And in this exercise, it's 
useful for us to not lean our heads down and you might find yourself doing that it's not critical but it mean if you don't lean your head forward you won't get neck ache uh, and so there's the bowl on the desk in front of me and I'm going to focus my gaze on it and the way I'll do that is by half opening the eyes so I can't actually see anything above where my hand is if I put my arm right out in front of me so I put my arm right out in front of me I can just see my hand but if I lift my hand it's hidden by the eyelids and I fix my gaze on the bowl and as I said it doesn't really matter what you focus on it's helpful if it's a shiny object but if it's not it doesn't really matter it could be anything And I just leave my gaze on the bulb. And so the first thing will happen is the mind will make some judgments about this, whether it's a good or bad thing to do, useful, not useful, helpful, pointless, whatever it might happen to be. what happens when we look at an object is its meaning arises in our mind initially we might think to ourselves here I am looking at a bowl along with any emotional consequences of that it's a good thing it's not a good thing it's helpful it's not helpful whatever it might happen to be so the activity itself may be judged and then the bowl of course it is a an object it has utility I use it to create sound with and so whether I appreciate it or not will color my judgment to the bowl and so it'll either be a bowl I like or a bowl I don't like or whatever it might happen to be and so then some experiences with the bowl might arise memories of one sort or another but I continue looking at the bowl What I'm doing is what we call resting our gaze on the bowl. So we're not scrutinizing it in detail, we're not focusing on it hard. There it is, and our eyes are positioned 
through that, throughout all of this experience. Whatever arises in the mind, the mind might wander. You might drift into the semi-dream slate. None of that matters. Whenever you notice you're distracted in any way, you return your attention to the bowl. So we continue gazing at the bowl. And what happens over time is that details in the bowl become more defined. So in my case, my eyes have chosen to move to a place where there's a ref particular reflection of light. It seems to enjoy that more than any of the other places where there's a reflection of light.
then the detail that our mind has chosen to fix on seems to separate itself from what it is we're perceiving. So although we're looking at the bowl, the mind has picked out that detail to the exclusion of anything else.
and eventually over time the detail of whatever it is that the eye has selected to focus on becomes everything and so in my case it's the reflection of the lights in the bowl there's just a couple of little points of light surrounded by a lighter area and the detail becomes colors contrasts the shape of the detail and the visual elements of it any reflection any bright areas dark areas shading shade light dark and so when we experience that we're experiencing it as what it is it doesn't carry any of the baggage of the bowl itself or the object that you've chosen and of course through that process you'll also notice it's a, it's a meditation the mind wanders you notice you bring your attention back to the point of focus throughout it so we still get all of the benefits of focused attention mindfulness practice and we also notice this slipping away of the cultural meaning of the object memories associated to it whatever it is we manage to notice so gently returning your attention to sound from vision turning your attention to your surroundings so that was a clarity meditation and the clarity practice is there to help us to become aware of the augmented reality which is actually the natural human response to our environment you know, our ancestors, good orange, bad orange, good mango, bad mango, ripe fruit, 
unripe fruit. Uh, but the application of these filters to everything, I'm confident, wouldn't have been so deeply embedded as in our culture and our lives. So it's very, very good to see through these. And this is the way that it's done. Okay. So that's it for tonight.